everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Steinman. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hey, hey, Bulletproof Hygiene family. We are excited to catch you for another week. Today, Brittany and I are going to chat about how to grow your practice within the practice. And we really want to kind of dig into, you know, hygiene sometimes gets viewed as this kind of auxiliary part of the practice that, yeah, yeah, patients need to come in and get their teeth cleaned and, um, you know, we need to take some x-rays and just make sure everything's good. But I don't think the hygiene practice itself is always really valued for what it truly is and can be. So we want to talk today about how to really develop and grow the hygiene practice itself um, so that we can really support and benefit the practice as a whole and create the best overall team uh, culture for ourselves and experience for our patients and really just create stability for ourselves within our profession, within our practices. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of a misunderstanding about like the value that a hygiene team, a well-run hygiene team can bring. But I also think that there's on the the hygiene front, a little bit of a a feeling of, um, it it seems counterintuitive to take more responsibility than we already do you know, cause we have so much on our plate. We talk about time management all the time and the shrinking hour and how many things are clinically added. Um, but when we're talking about, you know, modifying our schedule to make sure that we are creating raving fans, creating um, long lasting relationships with our patients. Uh, it's one of those things that is gonna be work on the front end, but on the back end, it makes your life better, easier, more productive. It's better for the patients. It's better for us and for the consistency and the continuity of care. Um, so, you know, a firmly established hygiene department is the catalyst for full schedules all around. So us taking some responsibility for this will help our schedules and our consistency, but it'll also help the doctors and help their schedule to remain full and create their raving patients as well. So I think that it's, it's obvious, like when we think about being a new hygienist at any practice that it comes with a lot of challenges. And I remember whenever I was new at any practice, I just you know, meeting all those patients and starting from scratch is very emotionally taxing, you know? So if we have a schedule, that's kind of like a revolving door. If we're not pre-appointing our patients for um, next visits, if we're not creating enough value that they want to come back and see us the next time, we're going to constantly be in that state of emotional, emotionally drained, you know, emotionally taxed because of having to reestablish with essentially a new person or a new patient each time. Right. And of course, you know, we have clinical notes for a reason. So it's not the clinical part so much, you know, we can pick up where the last provider left off. You know, if we're, if we're seeing a patient who has been with the practice, but was seeing a different hygienist, for instance, that's not really the challenge. The clinical aspect isn't the challenge. It's creating new rapport, trust, and an emotional connection with the patient that takes a lot of effort. 
So, yeah. and I, I think that before we really dive into this, I think we do have to come at this with there. De we definitely have to take on an ownership mentality for this, mm -hmm. because if I'm being really honest, when I first started out as a hygienist, I didn't give a whole lot of thought to, you know, the business side of it and bringing patients in. And I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of responsibility in that. Like, honestly, I felt like it was kind of my doctor's job. Like, Hey, you're the one that's, you know, paying for advertising and, you know, doing your, your outreach kind of stuff. And like, I'm not really a part of that. I'm just here to see who actually does come in the door. Mm -hmm. So I think we're kind of flipping the script on this a little bit and saying, Hey, you know, honestly, it's, it's, I go to work every day so that I can make a living and support my family. And, and, you know, that this isn't a, you know, a pro bono type job that I'm doing. So if I'm leaving that in the hands of somebody else, that's a little risky for me. So I really want to take some ownership for my own life and my own career, but also for the practice as a whole that I, you know, I know that if I can support what the practice is doing myself, then I'm contributing to that. And I'm, I'm really a part of it. I have that ownership mentality versus just being like, well, I'm going to go in, whoever comes in today, I'll see them and hopefully it'll work out. Like that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, patients want to feel a sense of consistency and to them, you know, they don't know what our clinical notes look like and how much information has been relayed from provider to provider, unless we do a, a handoff, you know, in front of them, which doesn't happen if they saw, you know, Sharice at the last visit, but they see me this visit or vice versa. Like they don't know all of what we know. So they like that face-to-face -face communication and that human touch point, you know, they want to feel safety, security, consistency with their experiences with us. So, um, and that's how we build long lasting relationships and get them to be our raving fans and keep them coming back. So putting in the effort to make this happen will make it so that in about three to six months, you start seeing familiar faces, whether you're a new hygienist at a practice or you're a hygienist who feels like it's been a revolving door and you constantly see new faces and maybe pre-appointment structure hasn't been so great, or you're constantly having to like reestablish your practice. You know, it's really refreshing when you start seeing recares and you get to pick up where you left off last time on both ends for you and for the patient, you know? So let's talk about some of the ways that we can create that consistency and keep our patients coming back and keep them wanting more. I think let's start with the basics and some of the things that are taken for granted. Uh, and one of those things is obviously business cards and networking, you know? So, so there are a lot of community events that I feel like are opportunities for us that we could be taking and maybe we undervalue or underutilize. And um, I've seen this, this technique grow for a lot of um, hygienists and doctors in my practice, really grow their patient following and grow their practice. So for instance, what I mean by like a community event is we have like a beach cleanup. You know, when we go there, we wear our Spodak t-shirts, we're cleaning up the beach. People come to us on the beach and they're like, hey, you know, what, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing this event? And they see our shirts and they're like, oh my God, that's so great. And they connect with you on that personal level because they also value, you know, the community and making sure that our, our world is safe and healthy to live in for all of us long-term. You know, they they're seeing what we value outside of dentistry and they're connecting with that. So you're building yeah. rapport before they ever even walk into the office. So that is a huge opportunity. Yeah. Well, they're also like seeing that you can, you care about the community. You're not just there to, you know, do their dentistry, but you're there to help them protect their community. I think that's huge. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, and then like other things that I think of are like a 5k, like we've done, you know, Susan B. Komen, uh, breast cancer 5ks and different, you know, ABDA, um, which is like domestic violence awareness, 
uh, in our community, 5Ks. And again, wearing, you know, your team swag, we, we were our Skodak swag and people approach us and say like, wow, it's so cool that you guys are doing this. Like really cool to see, you know, providers in the community making, making a difference and putting an effort to make a difference to make these issues stop, you know, yeah. so caring about our community, people yeah. can, people can see it physically. And then it's a, it's a touch point. It's a connection point for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people value, you know, you want to support somebody that's supporting you or su supporting the community or supporting needs. I know for us at Atlanta Dental Spa, we have a um, monthly uh, tier bonus system that we work towards. And when we hit a certain level of that, we actually vote as a team um, who we're going to donate a, um, a uh, check to to support their foundation. So it's a really cool way, again, to say, hey, like we really do care about our community. We want to support you. And I think that, you know, that makes people go, wow, that's different. I want to be a part of that too. So that, you know, by knowing, hey, when I go there and I get my dentistry done there, they're going to turn around. You know, they're not just taking that all for themselves. They're going to put it back out to the community. And I just think it's a really cool way to promote yourself um, to the patients. And that's, and that's a great way to, to make sure that you're developing relationships with patients who have similar values to us. You know, we, we talk about the A, B, and C patients, like A's totally get us, B, you know, gets us sometimes like, yes, no, they make, you know, decisions based on what they value. It might not be a hundred percent commitment. And then C is like the patients who should maybe see their way out of the practice just because the values are so different. They're clearly not aligned. You know, it's like those patients that we educate about period disease, just want their normal cleaning, um, you know, tell them they have decay and, and they don't schedule for their restorative and so on and so forth. It's like that supervised neglect patient who maybe just doesn't get the value. This yeah. is a way to, to make sure that we are connecting with patients who already value some of the things that we value. We're more likely to be aligned in other things because we're aligned in this one thing. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, I also want to, you know, say that this doesn't have to be going out of your way so much, you know, like we can use places we already go to connect with people there as well. So if you go to a coffee shop every day, you know, asking if you can put a flyer or a business card. And I think the more that it can be personalized with your face and you as a human, the, the better people are more likely to connect with that. Um, so if you, you know, anywhere that you normally go, if you go to yoga, if you connect with people in the yoga studio, you know, make friends with the owner, um, offer, you know, offer to get them scheduled and, and especially the owners of practices or businesses that are local, I feel like are very, very in tuned and want to promote a local anyone, right? So if we're patronizing them, they're going to patronize us, like you just said, most likely. So if I go to a yoga studio and I offer, you know, uh, to get the owner or the manager scheduled, I get them on my schedule, give them a great experience. That's a huge network where they're going to, you know, say word of mouth to anyone who asks them like, Hey, do you know someone great in the community? And a lot of times those people become your raving fans because they know how valuable those referrals are too. They get it. We've done that for a couple of our local physicians that we have partnered with of, you know, Hey, we come on in, let us take care of you. Um, we've actually even done it free of charge just so that they can get the experience, see who we are, see what our values are. And then they know where they know what we're about and they're willing to send their patients to us and vice versa. So that's a really great way to do that. That's yeah, that's an excellent idea. Um, I don't know about you guys. Well, I do know about you guys. You guys are big into having some office swag and I know we're the same way. We have some t-shirts, we have some, you know, ball caps, that sort of thing. Um, I think wearing those out in public is, is a, is kind of a, a crazy thing. I've seen it work a couple of times where I've had the hat on and I've been out shopping. Um, 
And somebody's like, oh, that's a cool hat. And, you know, what is that? And, you know, I'll tell them, oh, I work at Atlanta Dental Spa. And they're like, oh, I need a dentist. And I whip out a card. Like, it's a, just a kind of a mindless way of being able to be like, oh, yeah, cool. Come see me. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of patients come that through that route. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I mean, recently I went to a, a pool party. You know, someone invited me to a, a pool party. It was like a celebration of, I think, someone's ballet um, something in regarding ballet going well. I'm very ignorant when it comes to ballet, clearly. Um, but it was a pool party and I connected with someone uh, at the party and she was asking what I do. And I explained and she was telling me how she really wanted Invisalign. And then it opened a conversation about, you know, we're um, diamond, I think, providers of Invisalign. Uh, how Dr. Craig has an inordinate amount of experience and he's a top provider, you know, in the world. He's also faculty with Invisalign. So I just chatted with her about that and, and kind of, you know, kept it really general because I, I don't want to diagnose her, you know, poolside, but said like, Hey, come have a consult with Dr. Craig. And I got her scheduled and she got in and she committed to Invisalign and in, in, within a couple of weeks. So that sort of thing can happen too. It's not necessarily just about, you know, filling our own schedules, but that person also became my faithful following because I did see her for hygiene and do the assessment and did her 3d wellness scan and, you know, helped to submit the Invisalign case and educated her. So that created someone who, you know, rescheduled with me, was good for the practice. She closed on treatment the same day. Um, We created that connection and rapport outside of the dental setting. So I I think it's important not to underestimate that. And she's got a huge network of friends, you know, come to find out this particular person is actually like an Instagram influencer. I had no idea, you know, when I referred her to the practice. So you never know kind of what's going to come of that. But I thought that that was a really cool experience. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen at a pool party, right? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly closing Invisalign cases. Um, so another, another way is, you know, we had a doctor who invited the team to uh, a gala in an affluent venue in our area recently. So it was um, at the Breakers in Palm Beach. I'm in South Florida. So it's a really nice area. Uh, there are a lot of uh, affluent people there. You know, we were able to have a booth and some advertisement, but also just to go and serve. So the people who ended up going just, you know, served food and were able to interact with clients and we were able to have business cards on the table. And I think that we did get some, some business from that too. But then of course they want to request the providers that they've already met too. They're not just coming in like, Oh, Spodak. I mean, that may happen too. And that's a great thing. It's a win for everyone, but it's really, really cool when they come in and request the person that they connected with face-to-face already, which is what usually happens. Yeah. I know when we've done uh, a couple of our hygiene dinners out, um, we'll meet every couple months for a dinner out in a local restaurant mm-hmm. and take a couple of cards. And, you know, as you're interacting with, you know, the staff there and, you know, they're taking great care of us, you know, and they're, they're liking the vibe of us, you know, having a good time and talking and interacting and we invite them to come, you know, and join us in our practice. So it's just, I think just being aware of your surroundings and making it kind of that, you know, in the back of your head, you know, opportunity of, Hey, just, you know, reaching out, Hey, we're here. We'd love to take care of you. Come see us. For sure. Um, I think in regards to actually scheduling, like if we're getting to the details and the actual actionable steps that we can do to make sure that our schedule is full and consistently full um, with patients that we love and who love us is having a sooner if possible follow-up list or an ASAP list for when a patient, especially a valued patient, we understand and, and you know there are cancellation policies in place and clearly if someone fails an appointment, they're gonna be charged a cancellation fee um, and they're you know informed about that on the front end so there's no surprises on the back end. But if a person who has been like a really great patient for years and they have like a true issue, you know they have a true emergency, like of course you want to make it as convenient as possible for them to get back on the schedule because we value our relationship with them. 
So having a running list of who is trying to get in sooner than their next scheduled visit um, is a great tool and a great way to fill those same day or last minute cancellations. And even asking patients like, how much notice do you need? Would you be able to come in with, with little notice? You know, do you want me to call you if something opens up the same day? And a lot of times patients say, yeah, that, yeah, I'm totally flexible. Or if not, they'll say, no, I need at least two days notice, but then you know kind of which patients to call for which scenario. And I know that we use, you know, we use Dentrix at Spodak and there is an actual like ASAP list that we can run. You know, there are patients who, okay, this person's waiting to get in and you can mark it in their appointment card and whatever. Um, so we can run that list. But I know that one of our hygienists, Lucy, actually keeps her own running list on paper. And it's really, really, it works very well for her. You know, if she, if she knows that someone recently called in and they had to reschedule an appointment for whatever reason, she has it so that her admin partner lets her know that someone wants to get in. She, she makes her own list and she'll have her admin partner call a person who fits the opening. You know, she'll write uh, Mrs. Smith wants a 4 p.m. as soon as possible, can come same day. And then she'll say, hey, Josie, will you, will you please call Mrs. Smith? I have that 4 p.m. opening, just offer it to her. And Lucy is one of the people who I see her schedule when she has last minute openings are almost always filled. Nice. almost always filled. So that's not really an issue for her. She takes responsibility for that. And she makes sure that her schedule is booked and her patients are happy. That creates so much value. Like they, they can see that you took extra effort to write down their information, to remember the details of what they requested, and then you honored it and followed through. So that's, that creates a lot of value for the patients. And I think on that front, I think there's a lot of value when you have your admin team call, or if you're calling, if you're asking someone on your admin team to call for you, if you use your name as a provider, if they use your name as a provider, I think that's super helpful. Like, hey, Miss Smith, Lucy asked me to reach out to you. Um, she knows you want a four o'clock and we just had that open up today. She'd love to be able to take care of you. Mm -hmm. I think just that name drop adds a whole lot more value than just saying, hey, Miss Smith, we had an opening come at four. I know that's something that you were interested in. Like, I just think using the provider's name as, hey, they were thinking about you, you know, I think, again, just puts them in the spotlight and makes that patient think, oh my gosh, Lu Lucy really wants to take care of me. This is awesome. Yeah, I can come on in. Yep. Yep, for sure. Creating the value. And, and that being said, like creating value at every visit is what, you know, the other one of the other pieces of what keeps patients coming back. So it has to be that consistency of care. So by thoroughly filling out our note templates, by adding personal details about the patient, you know, as they divulge or as they share with us, um, that creates a lot of value if you pick up where you left off in the conversation at the next visit. You know, like if, if I'm like, hey, I know that you graduated, you know, six months ago, how is it going? Or did you apply for college? Or, you know, I heard that you, I know that you're going to Boston University or whatever. How has that been going? Or I know that you just had a baby. How old's your baby now? You know, like picking up where you left off in the last conversation, I think is a really helpful thing. So that can be added via like a flag to the chart or just in the clinical note. But that's, that's another thing that patients know they're not just a number. They're not just a butt in a chair. They're not just, you know, money. So not asking same questions repeatedly. And what I mean by that is, for instance, if a person's medical history, like let's say they marked previously that they're allergic to penicillin. When I'm updating that person's medical history, I'm not gonna ask them if they have any allergies. I'm going to say, I know that you're allergic to penicillin. Are there any new allergies that you've become aware of since I last saw you? So I'm not, I'm not assuming that I know nothing. I'm, I'm assuming all the information that I have already on record so that they know I care. I'm, I'm aware of your situation and I am prepared for this appointment today. And that I actually listened to the last time. So what that also opens up a dialogue for patients to 
divulge and give us more information in general, because they know that we're actually listening. So if that was relevant, what they told us last time was relevant. They believe that what they're about to tell us is just as relevant. Right. So like how many times have we heard a patient say, oh yeah, I have medical conditions, but nothing that affects what you're going to do. And then, you know, you find out they had a total joint replacement or you find out, you know, that they have an autoimmune disease or something. And, and you're like, well, actually that's very relevant, you know, even hormonal things, you know, menopause, all that stuff. So the more that we can reiterate what they told us last time, it explains to them that we do value this information, that it will be used in the future. So it's important that they do give us as much information as possible. Yeah. And I think doing that, you know, in life, everyone wants to be seen and everyone wants to be heard. And we have the gift of connecting with our patients every day. We're not just there slinging profi paste and they're out the door. Like this is truly a life connection that we're making. So when we do have that information already in place and we're acknowledging that we know that and we remember that, whether it's the personal details or the medical history or the dental history, whatever that is, it really creates that like bond and that trust and that value of that patient knowing, man, you really know me, you really care about me. And, you know, it's crazy. This has happened so many times where I'll ask a patient about, you know, what, like you said, the life thing, like, Hey, how did, you know, how's school going? Or did you find a job or how did the move go? And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you remembered that you have such a great memory. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's it. Yes. Yep. Yep. But still it does. They're amazed by that. And it does, it like makes them feel special. Like, Oh my gosh, you remembered me. And I think the same thing with a medical history thing is like, you're not just asking them every time, what medications are you taking? What allergies do you have? Like, it's not just regurgitating information. It's, it's like, Hey, I know you're allergic to that. Is there anything else we can add? And, And it just like puts them at ease. Like, Oh, you really know. And you really care. I've had that experience where I've gone to doctor's offices and they're, you know, asking me all the stuff over and over again. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I was just here. And we just talked about all this. Like, do you, were you really listening? Do you really know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really important. And that's something that I think you just manage well in your notes, like you're saying, Brittany, mm-hmm. so that you can, like, we have the habit of, we'll go back to our previous note and kind of copy and paste the medical dental history aspect into the new and then update it as we go along. So it just carries over. So that's a pretty easy thing to do once you've established and you've got that in your notes in the right way. Right, right. And this is, you know, that's another thing. Like, so I think that when we say things like this, like for instance, you're, you have to do something, it requires work, like for you to update or copy and paste the note or ask the questions. But then on the back end, when that patient returns, your life is so easy. Yes. You know, so it feels like a, a lot of these things I feel like feel like a lot of work at first, but then it's, it's just like creating a great note template. It just, it makes your life easier. It's just like creating, taking the time to create verbiage, you know, after hours so that while you are working, your life is easier. It makes everything run more smoothly. So if you're thinking like, oh my God, this is so much work, like it's so much effort. It's going to make your work life so much simpler after you've gotten the ball rolling. You know? And some of these things, once you have uh, an established schedule, of course, you still want to keep volunteering in the community. Of course, you want to still doing things that you value and connecting with people and building your following. But after you establish with so many patients, like you don't have to do it as much on a continuous basis. Like there's not as much effort that will continue to go into it once we've established with a lot of people, a lot of quality patients who are returning and have become our raving fans. And that being said, you know, doing the things that we're describing, we know there's a lot of patients who will say like, I only want to see Sharissa. Like Sharissa is amazing. I never want to see anyone else. Like she's my favorite. She knows me. I know her. I, I love the rapport that we have kind of thing. And that's, that's Sharissa's raving fan. Um, and this isn't, uh, you know, a scarcity thing. We don't want to, we don't want to feel like we can't schedule people with the other providers. At the end of the day, we, we want to take the very best care of the patient and get 
them the time and the date that they need and the care that they need, whether it's with us or someone else. But it is really nice to reconnect with those patients. And if you work on a team, you know, of more than one hygienist, and for instance, if I'm seeing, you know, Ashley's patient or something, I make sure that I'm honoring their relationship as much as I would honor my relationship with my own quote unquote, my own patient, a patient of the practice that I've been seeing for a long time. So if I am, you know, if they had to reschedule, they're somehow on my schedule. I don't ask if they want to reschedule with Ashley, if that's who they've been seeing. I, I tell them, I'm going to go ahead and get you scheduled with Ashley. I know that that's who you typically see. And unless they explicitly say, no, I want to see you next time. I am going to rebook them with Ashley. And that creates trust and, um, like consistency on all fronts. So Ashley knows, you know, it's, it's cool. If you see one of my patients, one, Ashley wants me to take the very best care of them. She trusts me to do that. But also she, she knows that she's most likely going to see that patient again. And she loves them and misses them and wants to do that. You know? And I think even sometimes that handoff can't happen. So for example, like I was out last week Mm -hmm. and so uh, our hygienist, Jamie saw some of my patients for me because there's not a lot of room in my schedule to move them somewhere. So I reach out ahead of time. I let them know, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be out of the office this week. Uh, I'm going to have Jamie take care of you. She is going to do an amazing job. Um, And then I'll catch you next time and we'll be able to catch up. So I think it's letting them know that ahead of time is, is valuable. And then I think as the hygienist, so say this was going the other direction and I was seeing Jamie's patient while she's out, you acknowledge that on the front end and just say, hey, I know you normally see Jamie. I know she takes amazing care of you. I'm Sharissa. I'm going to take great care of you today. Um, She shared with me some of the concerns you guys have had in the past or, you know, whatever, whatever that their situation is. Um, I'm going to take really great care. And then when, when we're done here, I'll make sure we get you back on her book for next time. I think it's just being really open and communicating it all. Yeah. And that's great communication. It's always better. It's usually better to over-communicate than under-communicate, you know, to, to explain why, why am I seeing a different person today? And how is my consistency of care going to happen in the future? And what information has already been relayed, what you're already aware of, you know, because I, I feel a little bit helpless. I know when I'm starting over with a new provider, I'm like, I've already told, you know, so-and-so so much, I don't want to have to repeat all of this. So just telling them that you already know is really helpful <clears throat> and letting them know that in the future, they're going to reconnect with their typical provider is also really helpful. Then they, it, I feel like it puts them at ease. Right. So I think that's a great, that's a great advice to do that at the beginning of the appointment. Hey, Bulletproof Hygienists, it's Brittany and Sharissa, and we are thrilled to announce that it's finally here, our comprehensive online mastery course. If you're anything like us, you know that hygiene is more than just a job, it's more than just a paycheck, and it's a whole lot more than just cleaning teeth. It's our calling. If you're ready to take the deep dive, become a top 1% hygienist, and move from going through the motions to loving what you do every day, boosting treatment acceptance, taking communication and team building to the next level, this course is designed for you. Master all the tools you'll need to make our successes your own. Everything from mindset and culture, team organization and calibration, to individualized best practices and verbiage for success. It's all there. Earn five CEs while building your own bulletproof hygiene practice with our proven methodology. To find our course, go to bph.dental and click courses on the left-hand side for all the details. Our notes should be super thorough because say you have a patient who has a lot of sensitivity, you know, to cold and air and They've got a lot of recession going on, you know, 
putting in the notes we have at our practice, we either can do the um, ProfiJet air polisher or we can use the Profi Cup. Mm -hmm. And typically we use the ProfiJet on most of our patients, but you have those patients that are really sensitive. So having that in the notes is helpful because that can also be another you know, way to say to the patient, hey, I know I've, I saw that you tend to have some sensitivity. You know, I typically use my ProfiJet but I know that has some, some cold air with it. Would you prefer I use the, the cup or I see that that's always been what you guys have done. I want to, you know, take care of you in that way. I think it's just really, really important to put all of those details in just in case somebody else is seeing them, you know, maybe they needed to get in earlier and you didn't have availability. Just really thorough notes is important to really take care of that patient. Right. Yep. Love it. So, and this isn't about you know, rescheduling with the same provider is not about scarcity. It's not about like, oh, this is my patient and it's only my patient and they're only ever going to see me. You know, I think that we all, um, if we're, if we're doing it right and we have really great established ethics and integrity and culture and in the practice, like people are going to do that anyway. Um, but it is just really about what the patient needs and continuity of care and the relationships that we've built. And there are times, you know, that a patient will ask to see me after they've seen a different provider or vice versa. And that, that a lot of times just has to do with personality, you know, yeah. and like, okay, I clicked with this person better. Like, it's not even a, it's not a, a negative on anyone. It's just like a who fits best with who. And that's how we take the very best care of them, which is great. And if that's the situation, <clears throat> just on the, the front of having trust with other providers and having trust with the patients to let them know that we're, we're going to do whatever it is that they want and need to take the very best care of them. If they make a request like that, you know, I make sure to put it in my clinical note or at a, at a note, like a flag to the patient's chart saying patient requested me for future hygiene period. Like that's it. It's, it doesn't become like this emotional thing. Like, Oh, they didn't like you, you know, so-and-so like, it's just, they, they clicked better and it happens in every single direction and letting go of like the personal, anything in that I think is the healthiest way to be. And if our come from is constantly like do what's best for the patient, uh, accommodate them, you know, make sure that we're, we're all on the same page in regards to that. It's never going to be a problem. And it isn't in my practice. You know, I've seen, I've seen this go every single direction. Yep. yep. I think another great way to just, um, maintain the relationship with our patients and make them feel valued is to celebrate their life milestones. Um, so we have some, some practices in place. We have a couple of different things that we can offer our patients, um, to celebrate things like birthdays, weddings, you know, new babies, anniversaries, graduations. Um, sometimes that sometimes that's as simple as just sending them a handwritten note, you know, like, hey, congratulations on this. It's such a big deal. I'm so proud of you, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, we actually stock with, we've got some bottles of wine that we keep in the office. So if we've got somebody that's, you know, celebrating a big wedding anniversary or graduation or, you know, anything like that, um, we have onesies that we have made that say future patient of Atlanta Dental Spa. Yep, we have those too. Yeah, we give whenever new babies are born. Um, we do Starbucks cards um, for birthdays and things like that. We had beach towels made that say Atlanta Dental Spa. So if a patient's like going on a big vacation or a honeymoon or something, we actually just had a couple come in, I guess two weeks ago, they both did in-office whitening because the wedding is coming up in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So we sent them out with a bottle of wine and two of our um, hats. And I was like, all right, I want to see us tagged in a, you know, a beach photo on the honeymoon. Um, and they it. laughed and thought that was awesome. So just, you know, little things like that. It doesn't have to be huge. Like handwritten notes mean a lot to people. I've had patients come in and say, oh my gosh, you thought of me. That was so cool. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be anything like monumental, but patients really do appreciate when you know what's going on in their life and you're celebrating it with them. That's a huge thing. 
Yeah. And what you, what you just described is wow care. So right. patients, you know, come in with certain expectations. They expect that we're going to take x-rays. They expect that we're going to do an exam. They expect that they're going to sit in a dental chair. They expect they're going to have to pay money sometimes or a copay. They, it's the things that they don't expect. It's the needs that we go above and beyond on or fulfill before they ask that they're really wowed with. And that creates a sense of like faithfulness to our practice in general, and also faithfulness to you. Because of course, if you give them the onesie, they associate that experience with you and with your practice, right? So it says, you know, a future patient of ADS, but it's, they, they think of you when they see it and they're like, oh, that was so sweet of Sharissa, you know? So it creates that faithfulness in the big picture and in regards to provider specific relationships. Yeah. And then, you know, nobody likes to talk about this, but this is such a reality. Um, Sometimes things don't go right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're late to get your patient back, or sometimes the appointment just didn't go ideal, um, or there was a scheduling issue. And, you know, sometimes it's just things fall off and that happens and that's the reality. And so we actually, that's one of the other reasons we carry Starbucks cards too, is if we have somebody like we were running late and we got them back late, or it was just a less than ideal visit, like we can be really transparent and honest and say, look, I am so sorry I brought you back late. Like this is so against everything I am. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you, you should know that I'm always going to do whatever it takes to take the best care of you. And sometimes that takes a little more time and it you know may make me run over, but I hate that this happened to you today. I really want to say, I'm sorry, have a coffee on us. And, you know, I think just acknowledging that you realize it wasn't what they expected. It wasn't your level of care and apologizing just keeps them invested because I, you know, we unfortunately are living in cancel culture right now where I think people are like, oh, I didn't like how that went. I'm done. Um, So I think just acknowledging where the shortfalls are and that they do happen and we're aware of it and acknowledge it and apologize for it goes a long way. Yeah. And I think that it's really important, even if they don't verbalize that they're unhappy, if it falls short of your standards or my standards, we should acknowledge that and say, Hey, so sorry, this is not the way we typically do things. We, we value you. We want to make sure your experience is smooth as possible. So I'm going to do this for you. So before they made a request or verbalize that they weren't happy about something, just like filling in that space with something positive, like positive energy and positive communication. And you're, it, it shows that you're taking initiative and that you're putting in actual effort into their experience. So it, that is also wow service. I think that some of the um, most wow patients can actually come from an experience that didn't go so well, but the follow-up and the follow-through that comes from that or results from that afterwards, you know, if, um, if, if they didn't have, if they waited a long time and then you gave them the Starbucks card and the next time you were on time, they're going to be like, oh my God, like this person really knows me. They followed through. I believe what you say now, you know, it just creates that trust and that rapport on a higher level. And on that front, that needs to go in your note for the next visit. Like, Hey, I was running late. I gave them a Starbucks card. Make sure you get them back on time. Yeah. Like, I think those little details are where it all comes into play. Right. And so also, you know, I know that we've already touched on this, but this is another point is making sure that the patient is as comfortable as possible at each visit. And I don't, you know, a lot, I think it's part of our culture. I'm not sure if this is like a worldwide thing or an American thing. I really don't know, but like a lot of times I think we have expectations for others to read our minds. And so I think that sometimes patients do that. So patients like think like, oh, of course, you've got to know that I'm uncomfortable right now, but they don't say anything, but they might be a little cringy in the chair, might be like eh, a little tense kind of. 
So it's great to recheck in, even if it's a patient that you've seen before, to make sure that they're physically comfortable during their appointment and not just assuming because we've done it this way in the past that they're okay. Like if we're seeing signs that there may be something that they're uncomfortable about, even if it's this person that you know really well or they know you, they might not be willing to open their mouth about it. So we may have to kind of like pry to get that information. Um, so revisiting, you know, in our, in our medical history, we have questions like, do you prefer laughing gas during your appointments? Do you have dental anxiety? Have you ever had an unfavorable dental experience? Explain that. And then we have open dialogue about whatever those experiences are or were, or they have sensitivity, whatever they would prefer comfort wise, and then going above and beyond and saying, and offering a blanket, a head, headphones, you know, desensitizers, do you use uh, the restroom? Here's some lip balm, you know, here's some organic lip balm prior to your um, hygiene experience. Those things let the patient know continuously that you're going to strive and make an effort at each visit to make them as physically comfortable as possible. And that again, creates the raving fans, creates the trust. So some of the things, um, you know, that, that we used to do that are what we just described, you know, the blanket and the, the headphones and nitrous and all that stuff, but also, you know, desensitizers. I love Tom's pre-polish. I have uh, Jen and Shay to thank for that. They actually brought that on board. It's, it's just an over-the-counter toothpaste that uses arginine for desensitizing. Literally rub it on with your, your fingertips on sensitive areas. I like to use it for areas of recession. Um, you let it sit for a minute and then start cavitroning or whatever it is that you're going to do. And the, it's a significant decrease in cold sensitivity for patients that I have noticed just anecdotally. And that's like such a simple, inexpensive thing to do. That's just like, oh my God, no one has ever done this for me before. That was the easiest cleaning I've ever had. You know, what a simple way to improve someone's experience or using the aura kicks or offering them breaks or remember that they need high volume evacuation. Um, we, we know that we have those patients who, you know, you sit them back in the chair and they start coughing and they've got the post-nasal drip or maybe difficulty breathing, or maybe they're elderly and, you know, they have a difficult time with the water in their mouth and being set backwards. You know, I have my assistant whenever possible come in and, and high volume evacuate. I know that Sharissa has um, an HVE tip that you can use autonomously. Um, and either of those options are great, but just noting that and remembering that and using it consistently is, is awesome, you know, but don't be afraid, you know, things do change just like in a patient's health, their preferences also change. So constantly checking in to make sure that they're comfortable and good, even if it's this repeat patient, I think brings so much value. Yeah. So I think let's shift a little bit to, um, you know, we've connected with the patients, we've checked in with them, we've um, let them know how much we care and we've been really consistent, but let's kind of move into how do we keep them on our schedule for the future? Obviously having such a great rapport and being trustworthy is, is what we just went over, but let's talk about like the logistics of um, like pre-appointing for future visits so that we make sure they're consistently staying on the schedule because we know life gets busy and, you know, if patients leave and they don't have an appointment, then, you know, I know for me personally, like I lose track of time. Like there's so much going on in life and so much to manage that like next thing, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't been in in a year and that's crazy. So right. I want to shift over and talk a little bit about pre-appointing. And I know both of us do that, but I want you to be able to talk a little bit about how you do that and how you explain that to the patient. Sure. So I think value wise also, like it's easy for a patient to remember um, why what we do for them is so valuable when they're in our office, in our chair, experiencing what we're doing for them. But I think that it's easier to forget how valuable it is and forget some of the things that we've educated them about and told them and reminded them of um, or showed them the longer it has been since they last saw us, you know? So I think that sometimes 
Um, there are more urgent situations that arise in patients' lives between our recare appointments. And it just, you know, recare just takes the back burner. You know, they may have a family member end up in the hospital. They may go back to school. Their kids may go back to school. You know, there, there are so many reasons. There are so many things that trump dental visit in a lot of people's minds as life evolves and develops and as things change for them. Um, so I think that one of the one of the most important things I think in regards to pre-appointing or reappointing um, patients is to say, to make a statement when they're in our chair. Like, so I know that Sharice and I are responsible for booking our own next visit. So at the end of a hygiene visit, I tell my patient, I'm gonna go ahead and book your next visit so that we can make sure to reserve the day and time that works best for you. If you notice any schedule, any schedule conflicts as the day advances, just give us at least two days notice. We'll start sending you reminders of this appointment about two weeks in advance so that you'll have plenty of notice should, be, should this be the case and we can get you rescheduled. That's a great opportunity to review the fact that there is a you know, cancellation fee that's easily avoidable. You know, and also I wanna make sure that we're reserving the time and, and date that works best for you. So making sure that they know I'm prioritizing you. If, if someone says, uh, like, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm seasonally here. I'm not going to be back until November. I tell them that's our busiest time of year. It's better to set something tentatively now and then have to move it later than have nothing booked because it's going to be very difficult to get in if you try and book last minute. And that's not even, you know, that, that's not dishonest. That's very honest. I'm letting them know, like, listen, it, that's, that's a pristine time, date, time of year. And I want to make sure that we can accommodate you. Um, and when I say tentative, I again, reiterate, we need at least two days notice if you need to reschedule this for any reason, because that's what our cancellation policy states. Um, and typically patients are like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll just book it. And when you use the word tentative, they can see that there's some flexibility with commitment. So they have committed to that date, but there is also flexibility on our end. Right. And I know that you guys have in place as, as we do that, you know, we're reaching out to that patient you know, typically two weeks in advance just to say, hey, you have this upcoming appointment, you know, and then we follow up a week before. And so, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for them to kind of realize, oh, I have that coming. Oh, if I'm not going to make it, I can let you know far in advance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some wiggle room and, and the patient gets it. Um, so I want to just say, you know, as we talk about, you know, appointments on the book and cancellations and that sort of thing that, you know, this is a huge deal and this, this resonates a lot with Brittany and I personally um, because we are both compensated on a percentage of collections mm -hmm. model. So, uh, you know, if you're hearing this next segment and you're thinking, well, that sounds, you know, it sounds scary to me, you know, thinking about, you know, what do you do? Like, I just want to say Brittany and I realize that it's scary when there's no one on the schedule because for us, if there is nobody on the schedule for that hour, we are taking zero dollars home. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, I want to put that out there because again, having that ownership mentality, Brittany and I are all about keeping that book full so that we are bringing in collections, you know, and, and money for ourselves as well as the practice. So I just feel like that's a good thing to know as we're having this conversation because it's a big deal to us. And I think this becomes a really real thing, like a really tangible thing for anyone who is considering changing their compensation model from hourly to being paid on based on a percentage of collections instead, or based on like a bonus system of some sort instead, because it's, it is, it is a risk. You know, if, if I am honest though, running the numbers, I have never, I have never made out more poorly on a compensation 
like a percentage of collections based compensation model than I did when I was hourly, but that does have a lot to do with what we're talking about now and being accountable to our schedules, owning our schedules, designing our schedules as we want and, and holding our patients to be accountable as well to what they said that they were going to do. So there's nothing wrong with having a cancellation fee and charging the cancellation fee and explaining to the patient, you know, why, you know, we reserve this time. There are a lot of patients that who, who hoped to have this time and we couldn't offer it to them, unfortunately, you know, because you had to cancel at the last minute or reschedule at the last minute. It's not about guilt and it's not about making the patient feel bad or shaming them or anything. It's just about educating them and reminding them like this, this is a valuable service that I'm providing to you or to other patients. And we want to make sure that we are honoring as many patients as possible, honoring their time and our time by, by showing up basically to the scheduled appointment. Yeah. It puts value on our time. And, you know, we, I've had many times where a patient has called in the morning the morning of and saying, Hey, I can't make the, make this, this came up. And, you know, when our, when our appointment coordinator says, well, that, you know, we're actually going to have to charge the missed appointment fee because this is the morning of the appointment and we're not going to be able to refill that. Um, a lot of times I'll say, Oh, well, you know what, let me see if I can make it work. You know, maybe if I can move that meeting yeah. or, um, a lot of times if we have something that's potentially open later that day, she'll say, you know, I could accommodate you at the one o'clock instead of, you know, the 830 this morning um, and not have to charge that fee if that would be more doable. And sometimes they'll just move down. So I think it, you know, having that brings the value to the patient of like, hey, we're, you know, we, our time is just as valuable as yours. Right. And, you know, of course, this is all at our discretion. So one of the things that I love about working at both of our practices, you know, your practice and my practice is that we have a lot of autonomy in regards to scheduling. And if we feel that it's appropriate to write off a cancellation fee or adjust it off and just reiterate the importance of, um, you know, reserving the time and date for the patient, we have the, the option to do that. So a lot of times if it's the person's first cancellation or first failed appointment, I will, I will discuss the cancellation policy chair side and I might write it off. I, I won't offer to do that. However, I won't just like say, Hey, it was your first cancellation. I saw that you canceled. I'm just going to write that off for you. I let them know, Hey, you missed an appointment. Um, we do have a $48 cancellation fee. I'm going to go ahead and collect that. And if there's any pushback or any like, Oh no, I'm so sorry. I wasn't aware of that. Or like, or, you know, it was an extenuating circumstance or whatever. Usually that's already in the note. Our admin team is great about adding that to the, the clinical chart or the journal. Um, but, you know, I don't just offer to write it off right. from the get-go, but I have the discretion to do that if I think that it's appropriate. And I'll let them know, you know, in the future, you know, if this happens, there, there will be a $48 cancellation fee. And then I'll put it in my note that that was discussed um, in depth. Yeah. Yeah. I think just yeah. giving, giving them grace is important, but also letting them know that our time is really valuable. Yep. And then, you know, another way to get patients to keep their commitments to us is to collect, especially for a visit that's longer than an hour. Um, if it's a 90 minute appointment or a two hour appointment, like if it's a non-surgical periotherapy, a whitening visit, a new patient appointment, collecting a 20% deposit you know, for those appointments and, and explaining to them, this also comes with a 48 hour cancellation policy and you will forfeit the deposit. If you, if you don't show up or cancel, you know, within that 48 hour window that creates value because people follow their money, you know, like they, they already invested in that appointment. They're a lot more likely to show up and that's a big hole to fill. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a big hole to fill. So, um, is possible as it is to, if you have a same day cancellation and, you know, a two hour scaling falls off your schedule to get someone who's maybe booked next week into that spot, it's possible, but it, but it creates a lot of steps to be done. It creates a lot of work for the admin team and for us to keep our schedules full. So if we just have that 
monetary commitment from the get-go, people are more likely to show up. And I'm telling you for my longer appointments, I hardly ever have a cancellation. I, I sincerely don't. I don't remember like the last time I, I had a, a big appointment reschedule or cancel because they understand that the cancellation policy and their commitment to the appointment from the get-go. Yeah. And, and I if, think, go ahead. Uh, if the, if a patient also, you know, if a patient is a chronic failure, like this is another thing that we do. If a patient has failed or canceled two plus times, three plus times, we add a, a flag to their chart that they need to prepay for future appointments. And they, and it, it, it's the same deal. They will forfeit their prepayment if they don't show up and they're fully informed of that fact. So our admin just explains, Hey, you know, I see that in the past you um, have missed three or four or five appointments. So Brittany is asking that we pre-collect for this appointment to hold your spot. This is a non-refundable deposit, you know, like goes through the whole cancellation process policy. And if, if a person has canceled that many times or hasn't showed up and has just chronically failed, they, they might be a patient who, you know, gets upset or isn't happy about this or, or doesn't want to book or reschedule, but think about how much time and money has already been lost on that person because they haven't kept their commitments to your schedule and how much you could stand to lose in the future if you continue just rescheduling them without that prepayment. Right. Sometimes it's better for a patient to say, well, I'm going to go somewhere else because you're not, you know, I'm unhappy about this or you're not honoring, you know, what I want, my wishes, my desires, my needs. It has to be a two-way street. It's a two-way relationship. Like they've got to honor our time just as much as we honor their time. So in that situation, it might be better for the practice if they do go somewhere else. And I don't take that lightly. Of course, we don't want to lose patients and we don't want to, you know, run patients out of the practice or not make them feel welcome by any means. That's not what it's about. But if they're not honoring and respecting our time and they're not likely to, they have a pattern, they're not likely to show up for those appointments. There's really no point in booking them. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for us, so we do two hour new patient appointments mm -hmm. and we, you know, we don't ask for a deposit on those just, you know, being a new patient coming in for the first time, you know, obviously mm -hmm. we offer that olive, olive branch, branch of trust. Mm -hmm. um, but when we do have a new patient that does not show up, uh, we then put in place like, hey, you know, that was a two hour appointment. Um, that's really valuable time to our hygienist. We have a lot of other patients trying to get in. In order to reappoint you, we will take a non-refundable um, deposit of $100 so right. that we make sure they come. Now, when we have those chronic no-show or cancellation patients where it's just, you know, crazy, crazy, you know, at the morning meeting, you're like, hmm, are they going to show up today? Mm -hmm. Those kind of people, um, we have instituted where we will only schedule them as a same-day appointment. Got it. So we'll have the conversation of, you know, hey, you canceled, you know, multiple times. Obviously, you know, we value your time, but we also value our time. And so from here, moving forward, what we'll do is you tell me if there's certain days or times that work better for you, and we'll put you on the cancellation list. And if something opens up that day, we'll reach out and see if you're able to make that. Yep. Yeah. So for us, for new patients, we, at, at that opening visit, when we gather all the information and chief complaint and get insurance information if that's applicable. We also request a, a credit card number and they're informed that if they miss or don't reschedule prior to the 48 hour window of time that it will be charged a 48 hour cancellation fee. So, and we let them know, you know, this won't be charged. Nothing's, nothing's going to be held on your account. Nothing's going to be charged unless you just miss this appointment and that you're also free to use this card. You let us know if you want us to keep it on file for your future dental visits and we can run it automatically. That's up to you. Gotcha. Nice. So it's, so it's some sort of commitment and it's an opportunity to explain our cancellation policy from the beginning so that no one really has an opportunity or an excuse to say like, oh, I wasn't aware, I wasn't informed because it's right in that preloaded new patient 
appointment template, basically like, okay, we require a credit card and you can see that it was put in the, the chart. Right. I think I do want to address because I know the feeling because I had it for so many years where if a patient had um, a missed appointment fee on their appointment that, you know, we needed to collect for uh, at this next visit, like there's kind of that uncomfortable feeling as the provider. Mm -hmm. um, and you kind of, you know, internally you're like, oh my gosh, what if they ask me about this? You know, it's, it's uncomfortable. I think we just have to step into our own value and be able to have that conversation. Cause honestly, I think it's more impactful coming from us directly as a provider than it is from somebody over the phone that that person doesn't really have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just being able to be real and vulnerable with that patient and say, Hey, you know, I'm here to take the very best care of you. I obviously have a lot of patients that I'm caring for. My time is really valuable because somebody's always trying to get in to see me. So when you don't show up, that closes the door on their opportunity for care and my opportunity to, you know, stay alive with what I'm doing financially. Um, so, you know, we do have this, this in place. So I think it's, it's okay to have those conversations. And I think it's necessary to have those conversations with the patients when they're kind of, you know, fighting you on that. Yep. And then I think that another thing that another way I think that we can build our schedule, create um, consistency is by, um, you know, we know that we have those raving fans who only want to see us and love the practice or our biggest advocates and, you know, biggest cheerleaders. I think that whenever someone verbalizes that they've had a good experience in our chair, what we can also do is let them know that we are open to scheduling their friends and family, that yes. we would love their referrals, um, that we appreciate word of mouth referrals. And that kind of does a couple of things. Um, it lets them know like, yes, we're accepting new patients. I think that may be a question in people's minds just because especially with their PCPs, like, oh no, we're not accepting new patients or we're not, we're not taking new patients right now. That's not usually the case in dental practices, I know, but they may have the idea that it is. And also, you know, if, if there's a patient who you absolutely love, who's that faithful patient, who's your raving fan, who's awesome, who totally gets it, they're likely to refer patients like themselves, you know, like their friends are likely to be similar to them, have similar values, you know, hopefully it'll be um, just as willing to accept the education that we provide and the high level of care that we provide to them, but asking for referrals, you know, handing them your business card uh, or making an appointment for their friend on the spot. You know, I might take them to an admin team member if I don't have time to do that, but I'll let the person know like, hey, you know, Mrs. Smith wants to refer her husband. Will you get him, will you get that appointment situated and schedule him with me? And if I, if I have a tentative date and time, like that, that might be a difficult appointment to book. If I have a block somewhere or something, I may be willing to open it for that new person or the, the person who's being referred, if this is a really valued patient, you know, and then that creates value for the patient. Let them know. It's okay to be honest with them and let them know. I actually don't have uh, an opening for three months, but you know, I'm going to come in next Friday because I've got one patient booked and I'm going to uh, accommodate your husband that day too. I would love to see him. I really want to establish with him. It's important to me. And they feel like they're a VIP and you've just made their experience even more. Wow. They went from wowed to like, holy crap, this is awesome. You know? Right. right. I think uh, there's one other way too that I just thought about that we do a lot in our practice is, you know, obviously in today's culture and online presence, reviews are huge. Mm -hmm. um, and so we will ask our patients, you know, we know they've had a great experience. They, we know they love us. You know, maybe it's somebody who's had a lot of anxiety and we've been able to really just meet them where they're at and get them through a lot. And they're really, really grateful for that. Um, those are the kind of patients that you want to say, Hey, would you, would you mind leaving us a review? You know, there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of anxiety and your story might really help them 
um, you know, might connect with them and, and we could be able to take really great care of them too. So we have a system in our um, practice where our, we have our insurance coordinator who will send out links to leave reviews. And when we have patients who, you know, are raving fans, we'll say, hey, would you mind, you know, I'll, I'll send you a link later today to leave a review. And um, that's just a great way to build the, you know, the practice as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think any final thoughts on this, Sharice? No, I was going to say, I think we've covered a lot of bases and, um, you know, I just think it's, it's our job as the hygienist to keep our department strong and healthy and full of patience and just being really owner mindset oriented on that front. So I would just say, you know, obviously we are big on you guys as listeners connecting with us. Um, so if you have thoughts, if you have uh practices in place that you're using in this vein, um, I would say reach out, let us know what you're doing because, you know, you might have something that's really awesome that we need to know about. So um, connect with us. You can download Mighty Network app and search Bulletproof Hygiene and join our community there. Um, if you love what we're doing here in our podcast, we would love it if you would leave us a review on the review front. Um, you know, tell your friends, tell your hygienists, tell your doctors, um, sh- get the word out there, share what we're doing. We would love that. That would be awesome. We would really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We hope that you have a great week. Yes. Keep it strong. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you. 